Bionic fans, this is the Beyond the Playing Field podcast. Give me, give me, give me some time to think. I'm in the bathroom looking at me. Facing the mirror is all I need. Wait until the reaper takes my life. Never gonna get me out of life. I will live a thousand million lives. Beyond the Playing Field is a broadcast from the Black Knight Network. What's up, Black Knight fans? We're here today with Coach Daniel Bandy. It's right before we go to the uh, the Mississippi College, the Gold Dome, to play in our overall state game against Rossville Academy. We're going to cut it up with uh, with Coach Bandy. Coach, uh, this is a place you played before, right? I have, but first off, what intro song was that? That's a nice. That's a. I think it's a song called, called Bones by Imagine Dragons. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. Mississippi College, yeah, been here before. This is, of course, uh, where the uh, MPSA All-Star Game was was played back in my day. Now, what um, year was that? That was back in 2003. Old man right there. <laughs> That's dating yourself For at this sure. point. Look, 2003, back then they were still giving out uh, the uniforms and taking them back up, and we had these big tube socks that had the, the three stripes. Right, and, right. <laughs> and we had and it to wear them. And it wasn't a three-stripe Adidas, was it? Not you know? at all. <laughs> Not at all. And the thing was, they said you can't roll them down, you can't scrunch them, you got to pull them all the way up, and if you don't wear them that way, you can't play. Oh, my gosh. How <laughs> times have changed. How times have changed. Well, this is uh, this is kind of the first time we put Coach Bandy on the, on the, on the air on the podcast, but – Coach Bandy's not uh, not new to this situation in West Memphis Christian. Coach, give us a little bit about your background in West Memphis Christian and how you ended up back where you're at now. It's a long story, so we'll try to cut it short. Obviously, um, came over to West Memphis Christian back in 2000. Oh, no, it was 1997. Okay. I was a seventh grader. Um, the school we were at, unfortunately, folded. We were at Fraser Assembly Christian School. And um, it had some difficulties with, um, you know, numbers and administration and a lot of things happened there. Um, And so it eventually shut down and all of the students basically had decisions to make on whether they were going to go to the local public school um, or, you know, try to keep the Christian uh, environment. And West Memphis Christian was one of those schools that actually came over. To I guess you would call recruit, right? You know some right. of the students that were be leaving in West Memphis. Uh, believe it or not, is only about 15 minutes from where we lived in Fraser, and so the other options were in East Memphis somewhere, 30 minutes, 40 minutes away. And my parents thought that uh, you know West Memphis was probably the best fit, and so we ended up coming over 97. Uh, now this is so you and your brother, correct? My brother, yeah, he David. David he was uh, three years older than me. And uh, so he was a freshman coming over, and I was a seventh grader. And so I got to spend my entire junior high and high school uh, formative years at West Memphis Christian and a very impactful place with very impactful people, people that I grew to love, teachers that I grew to love. Uh, Some of my best friends today were my best friends back in in junior high and high school. So um, a lot of history here at West Memphis Christian, um, you know, even through the transition of moving buildings. Uh, right. Some some of those staff people stayed around, and I stayed connected. And um, you know, after leaving high school, going over to college and playing professionally overseas and coaching at the college level and professional level, 
Uh, just last year, we, we, we heard about the school making some transitions and how we could help. And, you know, someone reached out to me and uh, we prayed about it. And really, you couldn't, you couldn't write it any better right. than, than coming back to your alma mater, the place that was so impactful for you, uh, to try to help continue to cultivate it and grow it. So that's how I ended up back. In a nutshell. And you know what's in life can be full, full circle for a lot of us in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, we talked, you and I privately the other day, just about how you really didn't have a, a plan to be back in Arkansas and honestly back in the States at some point. Absolutely. So um, after having some, some uh, you know, experiences where you get to kind of travel and see uh, different ways of life, different ways people handle things. You know, I was exposed to, to a lot, especially abroad in Europe. I actually thought that that's where I kind of want to set up shop for life, you know, to live abroad and, uh, you know, raise family overseas and just kind of live in, in, in that mode. Um, but God had other plans, obviously, always trusting God's plan. You know, my family's here. My parents are here. Um, and so that was always something that kind of drew me home anyway was my family and um and when I say family I don't just mean blood family I mean even some of those relationships from high school some of those people are are, are true family to me and uh, you know being able to come back and spend time and uh fellowship with with those people always brought me back here now as far as a career is concerned Man, I had absolutely no desire. One, to coach in high school. Two, in the South. Three, at a little old small private Christian school. <laughs> right. Um, for a lot of reasons, obviously. Um, but if there was one place that I would go in a small town, uh, it would be the place that helped groom and mold me. And so here we are. You know, and, and one of the things I think Coach Bandy, and he'll, he could probably say this, but he learned about, and, and West Memphis Christian is not the, uh, <clears throat> the trendsetter in this, I don't think, but we're a little bit different in the sense that, you know, when you talk about family, yes, you have the blood side, but, you know, you, you talk about, when I say the word family, and I say the word Edelman to you, or I say the word house, you know, and, and that goes a little bit different because those are family. Those are people Absolutely. that have, you know, invested back in our school but they invested back in our school through individuals. And, you know, when when God put that situation and he allowed you to be at West Memphis Christian and these families just kind of, we all just were tight-knit and it's by design. Um, you know, we, we could grow bigger, but I think it's just in our DNA to be that type of group of people. But one of the things I've noticed this year is how much the family atmosphere is starting to come back from your team. I mean, and, and we've got, what, seven or eight brand-new faces. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you to mold in seven or eight brand-new faces to a situation you knew but you haven't known in the last 15 years but still make it what you kind of remember but what you want it to grow into? That's a, a good question, a deep question, and I think I can best answer it by – examining what I thought was why I think family became family in those situations when I was a student. You know, in those formative years, you, you go to Bible class and you go to chapel, and sometimes it makes an impact, sometimes it doesn't. But I can remember 
really thinking about uh, the scripture that says, you know, this is how you'll know my disciples, by your love towards one another. And when I would see how people treated me and, and extended true love, and I mean love, uh, from the standpoint of if I didn't have clothes, they would purchase clothes. Um, if I didn't have food, they would purchase food. And I'm not saying I grew up in a, a tough environment or anything like that. It's just saying that they brought me in just like one of their children. So right. whatever they got, I got. Um, all the way down to cars and, you know, things that, man, you don't do that for somebody you don't love. Um, so recognizing what the true witness looks like made me understand that's how I had to witness. You know, you, you show God's love, and then people can understand that, um, man, this thing is real. And right. so coming back and trying to, to mold a group of young men, well, you can't do it on your own. It's got to be a God thing. It's got to be understanding that the only way some of these guys will recognize that this Christian stuff is real is how you treat them. Right. You know. Well, and 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 I think the guys see the genuineness, you know, that 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 is you, you know, when you're invested in them, you know, you're always in. In I'm I'm privy to be able to be at some practice and see some things, and you know, it's it's. I've said to many of people that our toughest ball games we play in a lot of cases are when we play against each other in practice. I mean, sure. I, it's it's a dog fight some days, you know, when the jawing gets going, and you know that's something. In practice, that you know, we kind of do when we get to the, the court, it's different. You know, we shut that down, but those guys are just ingrained in what it means to be a family because they're, I'm hearing them pick each other up. You know, when, when somebody comes out of the game, first thing they do, everybody stands, you know, and it's the little things, I think. Is that what you have always been a detail kind of guy? Absolutely. Um, and I can attribute that to, you know, just the higher levels of playing. You know, when you get to college, you understand that, hey, um, the person that was the man at their high school may not be the man in college because we all were the man. Right. So what do you do to, to, to add to the game, to add to your team? You may not be able to shoot 30 shots. Um, so if you still want to have a part in this, you got to find y your piece. Um, and, and just as the scripture says, it's one body but many members. Um, you have to find out which part you are, which member you are. Um, and th that's what a detail is. You can see a whole body, but the details are the fingers, the hands, the, the, the right. feet, the eyes, the ears. And so knowing when you're one of those, if you're lacking, then that hurts the body. Right. You know, anybody that's on crutches knows that, man, you, you need that other leg. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, and, and the one that you got that's helping you ain't the same. You know, right. it, it, it's there to help, but it's not the same as the full member. Right. Um, this year, your your team's broken up. You got three seniors, uh, four so four juniors, one sophomore, and I think five freshmen. All three of your seniors are guys that were already here, okay? And then in every other class, I think except for the sophomore class, they were new guys. Mm -hmm. For your seniors in particular, it's it's pretty sweet to get a, a state championship. But what did it mean from a leadership side from those three individuals? Good question. So first and foremost, um, that's probably, that was the biggest challenge coming in, is understanding that uh, you've got three guys that have been here, that have played, um, that have played under a certain leadership, certain style, certain expectations, and you don't want to just go in and blow up the spot, because you know they're leaders, just right. naturally they're leaders. 
But at the same time, you're trying to shift some things, change some things, add some things. And so getting them to buy in itself was a it's somewhat of a challenge um, because, you know, it, it, I put myself in their shoes. If I'm a senior, if I've been here, then this is my team, even with a new coach. Right. Um, so trying to get them to understand that we are on the same page, that we're all trying to come together and do something great and win, and I think I can add something to this for you guys, that was a challenge. And, and it didn't go without some hiccups. We had some hard conversations. We had some times where some even – thought about leaving the team and right. and that's not uncommon but the common uh denominator was i think everybody wanted to do well yeah. and we used the word legacy and so we wanted them to understand that they were the biggest part of making this legacy happen um and so their leadership their commitment to sticking through uh, some of the obstacles um kind of gave the blueprint for everybody else. Because we were so close-knit, they knew all the ins and outs. They knew some of those difficult conversations happening. Um, and so they saw how they dealt with it. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. They came back to the drawing board and said, all right, whatever we got to do, we're in. I remember very vividly our first game at DCA uh, and after football season, and we, we looked like a basketball team that had been playing football. And you turned around and looked at me during one of the broadcasts. You said, what have you gotten me into? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I looked at you. I was like, welcome back, you know. But from the team that you saw at DCA to the team you saw at Delta on Friday night, on February the 18th, that won a state championship, what makes you prouder than anything? Man, that's a tough one to answer. First of all, we're just a completely different team. Um you know, we, when do you think there was one point where the the flips, where the the flips or the switch flipped, where or was it just kind of a natural progression? I think a little bit of both. Even in the natural progression, there were some um, some some moments that stood out. I could recall um, Columbus, we, Columbus, Columbus Christian. Yeah, that's the that's the one I was going for um, because we were kind of jockeying in these state rankings of being the number two team in the state, number three. Some had us ranked number one. Columbus was same way, kind of in there one through three. Um, Regents at the time was ahead of us, right. and we had just beaten Regents, and so I'm like, well, man, I think we I think we're the best team in this thing if we're playing well. Right. And it takes all of us. It ain't going to just be the top five or top six. It's going to be eight, nine deep. Well, and you fought a lot of trial, uh, foul, uh, foul trouble that game. I mean, it was, you know, I think we set three or four guys we in did. the second and third quarter. And that is what proved that we didn't have to depend on four or five guys, right. that we could truly depend on our depth and that our depth was ready when their number was called. You know, you're kind of in the back of your mind. You're like, man, these guys probably are unhappy because they're not getting much playing time. You know, we just can't find the space for them. But when the opportunity presented themselves, they were ready. Yeah. And that let me know. I'm like, man, we got a good, nice, deep, committed team. Yeah, and was, if we can do that, we, we can go a long way in this league. Yeah, and it was, you know, Chase and Nathan are who were really, you know, and, and I told all, you know, both those boys at the ball game, if they don't play the way they play, we don't win. You know, but Simple. it was – it was like a light bulb. And Chase, I remember he told his mom, he said he's never played a game of basketball that he felt that good about how it was being played from his aspect. And that speaks a lot to empowering a kid to know that they're ready for that situation. Do you prepare your your players to, for a specific situation in some cases? Like Absolutely. When we talk about some of those tough conversations, it was 
let's just take Chase for instance. Chase, you know, from his perspective is, man, if I'm a senior and if I don't get to score 10 points, then I'm not being impactful. There was nothing further from the truth, right? Like, no, Chase, you, these are your gifts. Your gifts are energy. Your gifts are leadership. Your gifts are defense, rebounding, and being just a constant. Right. And when he got in that game and got two big stops, huge stops, a big rebound, um, he ran the floor, got fouled, made a free throw, those were some intangible things that probably won't even show up on the stat paper but that helped us win the game, and he finally felt it. He was like, man, those were very impactful plays, and if those plays don't happen, we don't win. So he started to understand that impact doesn't just come from points. It comes from every part of the game. Well, and for, for him also, you know, going to Bahelia, had a really great game at Bahelia that we won and, and ended up getting injured and, and hasn't been able to come back. But I've seen a leadership side of him even just sitting, you know, next to you. You know, and I've noticed he is sitting next to you. Is there, you know, I'm sure that's by design a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely, because it's the leadership piece. You know, and leadership starts with your voice, you know. And so that was the first thing uh, that we actually learned as a, as a team on defense. The first thing that arrives at the, at the floor is your voice. And so he's, he's very vocal. He's very encouraging. He's the trendsetter when it comes to, like, so our routine is when someone subs, everybody's up. Everybody gives a high five and the water gets passed down and nobody denies the water. That's something that he's I'm seeing him intentionally take take the role on and take the leadership for. And that's huge for the morale, for the energy and for the consistency of our team. And so um, even though he's not able to get on the floor, he's truly being an impact on on our team. Nathan Hunter, a young man who's who's obviously been on the basketball team for a while. I think he came in the fifth grade or somewhere around in there. You know, typically he was a hands on the ball. That's that's what he did. And, and now he's moved a little more to a one-two. What has he meant? I mean, he's a steady hand, you know. And, and what has he meant for you as, as far as the game flow goes? So as soon as we decided to uh, come in and take this job and, and impact the school, this was in the summer. That next day, Nathan Hunter called me. Coach, can we get in the gym? This is before school starts. Really? This is this this is in the summer. So I knew Nathan Hunter was going to be a leader. And I didn't recognize at the time that he was a senior. But I knew right then, I was like, okay, this kid is gonna be one of the 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 staples here just because of his commitment to the offseason. I mean, I hadn't even got my feet wet, hadn't got a, a ID badge or anything yet. And Nathan was in the gym with us um during some of my summer workouts. And he stayed there all summer long. And um, so he got to kind of see how I operate, the, the level of commitment to detail he'd already been in, uh, kind of exposed to. So when we finally got to school, Nathan took the lead on that. He knew what the expectation was. He was vocal. Um, and even now, that's where he is now. Even with his role kind of shifting from, from last year to this year, I think it's it's a bigger role, even though it doesn't involve the ball as much. But it's a bigger role, it's bigger responsibility, um, bigger pressure for him to to kind of be our uh, tone setter because he's a starter, right? You know, and he's so, a knockdown shooter at times. I mean, he's got you know when he he catches the ball, he's a catch and shoot guy. Uh, when he catches the ball and, and he knocks that first one down, you see a defense come out, absolutely, which opens up the inside. So we're talking about our first round at state. Here we are, uh, number one seed, and 
we were losing uh, to Riverdale Academy. We just couldn't get it going offensively or defensively. Nate comes in, hits a big one. They call a timeout. He hits another. They get out of that zone. He hits another. So he hits three big threes that relieves the pressure of the game, opens the game up. Then we kind of got going. Without his knockdown ability, that's a different game. Right. So, he, man, his ability to shoot the ball can truly help us and has helped us. Um, and ultimately, when we, when we backtrack uh, on all of our games, getting up to winning a state championship, wow, you say, wow, we don't win a state without Nate. We don't win a state without Chase. We don't win a state without our seniors. Right. So. And Ish Watkins, I mean, you know, Ish is, is what we call an athlete and when it comes to sports. You know, he in football, we played him out of position because he was an athlete. You know, we had him kind of as a middle linebacker, outside linebacker. Really, he's just a phenomenal safety or a, you know, a corner guy. And this year, he has played a one, a two, a three, and a four. <laughs> he's not he, – we've not put him down low, low. But what – What's it like to have you? You've got to have one of those guys. It's kind of a jack of all trades, master of none. What does he meant for the team in that regard? So when we talk about Ish being an athlete, I don't want to belittle just how good of an athlete he is. Oh, He's an outstanding athlete, and when we talk about even football, this kid went down there and won the MVP of the All Star game. Yeah, you and that's and that's that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. So uh, you're, you're talking about a next level athlete. And so there are no limitations when it comes to a physical ability. Right. And for me, um, I'm, I'm the type of coach that coaches, as they call it, positionless basketball. So I don't even look at it from the one, two, three, four, five aspect. Whatever you can do, do it. Yeah. And so when he gets on the floor, I know that I can put him as a, a, a top defender, and that's on anybody. Size doesn't matter. He can defend. He's a dog. He's strong. Quick. All of it. He can do it all. Um, on the offensive end, he can slash. He can rebound. He can do all of those. He screens hard. You know, he, he literally is, is kind of like a Swiss Army knife to where one night, hey, Ish, I need you to play the backside and, and read passes on a press and go pick us off two or three. Some nights, hey, I need you to guard the ball. Right. Some nights I need you to come off and drive hard. So having that variety is what any real championship team needs because he's not limited. Right. And so with that, we've seen where one, one game he may not do well on, on offense. Next game, he does well on offense, plays well on defense, may not do the best on the defensive end. Wow, comes out of the woodwork, do something great on offense. So having that versatility from a senior – is another one of those reasons you can go back and say, man, we don't win a state without this senior. And one of the most elastic jumping kids I've ever seen in my life. Like, I, I, he gets off the floor so stinking fast, and he gets up, you know. And, and I've noticed this that his game evolved from last year. Last year he was, he was more of a driver. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what he did. But I've seen him drive this year, and he's learned to kick out. He's learned, you know, that's not my line now, you know. And – you were talking about playing positionless basketball. Is that something you – I know I'm privy to practice again, but tell them a little bit, what does positionless basketball mean to you from a dribble-drive aspect? It means that, first and foremost, we want every, every kid's skills and abilities such that there are no limitations. Okay, let me – I'm going to pump the brakes real quick. Your practices, the first month, month and a half, you ran skill drills, correct? That's it. Skill stuff. What was your mindset behind that? 
the game of basketball has evolved. Bigs don't just stand on the block anymore. Bigs got to be able to step out and shoot a mid-range jumper. Bigs got to be able to handle it some. Bigs got to be able to run the floor. And when I say bigs, I mean the tallest people. Right. Right. Um, so with that, the way I'm looking at it is, one, for the development of a kid, any kid, one, that wants to be good at basketball, but two, that may have aspirations to play at the next level. They're not going to be able to just sit down there and play post. You know, no matter if he's 6'10", he's going to have to learn how to shoot and right. dribble. So the mindset is just a complete development of, of basketball players. Um, and I think that in itself was maybe a little bit different for some of them who have been stuck in a position. And that's no shot at any other coach. But for me, I need everybody to know how to do everything. Right. You know. And I know your practices you'll have them doing, you know, dribbling drills. And you've got the six foot six guy and the five foot seven guy doing the same dribbling drills. You know, and it's, it, you know, like you were talking about positionless basketball. From that aspect, is that by design that you want to confuse a defense or is that by design that you're wanting to evolve a player or what, what's your whole general? It's holistic. It's all of it. So say for instance, we, our team kind of has a, the DNA of playing fast, right? right? We're, we're best in the open court. Not that we can't play half court, but we can really thrive in the open court. And so to play fast, you have to have a quick outlet or the, the ball's got to move up the floor. So there may be a time where a, a big gets the rebound. I put big in quotations, but a big gets a rebound. We can't wait for that big to turn and look and wait on a guard to come. The big might have to take two dribbles up the floor to get the, the offense started. That way, the, the, the secondary break can start while defense is trying to recover. So when you want to play fast, everybody's got to be able to handle it. Everybody's got to be able to pass it. Everybody's got to be able to uh, look up the floor and run the floor. And so if a big is not comfortable, at least with one or two dribbles, then we can't play fast. You know, so if a big can at least be comfortable with one or two, there are no limitations to how fast we can go. You were a point guard and a scoring point guard from – from the aspect of being a guard, are you harder on your point guards teaching them? Because, I mean, you've got two or three this year, that, but you're really the point guard that you kind of worked with the whole year, Amari. Mm-hmm. And phenomenal ball player, but I, you coach him different at times, don't you? Absolutely. Just because, you know, the one position on the floor that hasn't changed is the point guard position. Now, you can call – some of them call them scoring point guards now, but – the point guard is really the coach on the floor. And that comes with a lot of responsibilities that don't include skills. It in- includes the leadership. It includes the vocal. It, 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 it includes knowing where everybody else is supposed to be. It's literally being a coach on the floor. And so that expectation is a little bit different because the, the big, quote-unquote big, may not have to know where everybody has to go. You know, yeah. they just don't have the same gravity right. or responsibility. So if, if the point guard has to know all these things on the floor, then his responsibility is bigger. So he's got to be coached a little harder. He's got to have a little bit more of an expectation. And with Amari, obviously, it's his first year, too. So we talk about uh, – I say it's not pressure, it's expectation. It was a big expectation oh, yeah. to come in and play well, yes, but know everybody, know everybody's position, be able to – uh, engage everybody, being able to uh, encourage everybody, and even get on to everybody. That's that's the 
the protocol for for my PG, and that's a that's a that's a tall order. But right. he's done a great job. Oh yeah, and you know we're uh, we're not young, but we are young in the sense that <clears throat> our freshman class and and sophomore class, you know, we got a little bit of height there. It's kind of weird, you know. They out there, uh, well, I guess besides Terrence, you know, they're all pretty much taller than everybody else. Um, but you look at a guy. I mean, I love one of my favorite players to watch this year. Has got to be Terry on. Just garbage man is what I talk. You know, he a nose for the ball. Um, you know, he's found his groove. You know, OT obviously has found his split his place, and it's not necessarily scoring twenty five a game. It's impacting from a, a, a stat from a stature standpoint. You know, and Tom, Tim, Jake, you know, all of them. I mean, Terrence, you know. Wakefield, I mean, all of them, Eli and Caleb. It's it's amazing that when you look at that team, you don't really see like, well, that's what they do good. You kind of like, man, that they can kind of mesh. And from the youth aspect, obviously, it's big future. What do you see though from the youth aspect? I mean, because there there's still a lot of immaturity there too. <laughs> you know, I know you're snickering a little bit, but you know, what do you see from that? I mean, where do you try to push that next envelope for them? So even coming in, that was the first the first order of business was making sure that the young guys were in place. Right. That's why it was so important to to do well on the junior high or the JV side of things so that you would have a expectation of excellence um, and even leadership because that that freshman group had to lead these seventh and eighth graders on the JV side, which in turn helped them understand um, that they were a part of the hold on the, on the varsity side. Undefeated season, correct, on the JV side? Uh, undefeated season. Don't, that that doesn't need to just slide by. So. <laughs> right, right. Very, very uh, big season for the JV. Um, uh, made history. Um, won the district. Um, and I think that was very impactful to those freshmen in their leadership. Um, now, of course, when they bump up to varsity, they're still freshmen. They're still young kids that play a lot and they're goofy. But on the basketball side of things, they understood, the, as they say, the assignment. And so they fit right in with knowing their role, but, but knowing it well, not trying to overstep. Um, and so that was the, the foundation to this whole thing as far as looking in the future was, hey, make sure that we're developing these ninth graders and even eighth um, uh, so that even after this year, which we've been so blessed to, to walk away with a state championship, I mean, you can't, you can't script it any better. But even after this year, there's, there's high expectations. We'll say it that way. We're not going to sit here and say we're going back to back or anything like that. But we definitely want to be in that, in, that, uh, in that conversation because we have the development, we have the, the, the roster to, to just keep going. Right. Your family, I mean, Cherish and, and the three boys, Anthony, Miles, and Isaac, um, are staples at ball games, and it, it's, it feels weird, honestly, being at the hotel without them running around right now. But what has it meant? And, I, and this is kind of a layup question. I'm sorry, but it's just it it really means a lot from from us. What does it mean for you to have those three young men around, and your wife is such a great support system for you? Well, first, it was the only way I could do this was to have buy-in from them. Had my wife been like, I don't think we can do it, I don't think we – it wouldn't have been a question. I couldn't have done it. 
Um, and so having that support. And her, she is an alumni, just to preface, for people that don't know, I think she was 05, 06, somewhere around 06, there. yep. 06 uh, alumni. So, she, of course, her. And a her, very talented basketball player, her own right. For sure. And, <laughs> and so we get a, an extended ex- assistant coach at home. Um, but just their impact and their support has been uh, outstanding. I can't even really put it into to words how um, – Glad I am that they're just as bought in. Matter of fact, we call Isaac the mascot. You know, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> we call him the mascot because he's just all in the stands. He's all in people's laps. He's all, you know, just he loves it. I can't say he's engaged in the games all the time, but he's engaged with the people. Right. And like even at games, they're gonna ask me, "Where's Isaac?" I don't know. He's probably around here somewhere. But um, it's awesome because it doesn't feel like work from that standpoint it, when, when they're here it's just a, a a family event right um and so obviously as a wife cherishes she kind of knows what i'm needing and so it's already done most of the time last week when we came down to the state tournament there were some times where i did, i was so just focused on on the team and the schemes and things i had forgotten about meals she had already pre-ordered stuff and had it coming and set up so little things like that are just I can't even put it into words how how awesome it is to have that um, that support because and she's not just supporting her husband she's supporting her own uh, uh, alma mater and these kids that she loves. Matter of fact, she would probably have them over at the house more, but I, you know I'm just like nah. We got three <laughs> boys at the house. Let's chill this right. this week because she loves them. Yeah. It's like what are the boys doing this weekend? I don't know. You want to have them over for? No, they were just over here. No, I am tired of them at this point. I don't. I love them, but I don't like them right, right now. <laughs> right. No, I know. The, I know what you mean. You know, and it's it's cool to see that. It, and from the uh, from an alumni standpoint, you know, it's obviously for y'all to be together. But it, it's there's so many alumni that are starting to come back, and that familiarity when you walk in, and you see Cherish or you see, uh, um, you know, whoever it is, Jessica Khan or whoever it is, just kind of like, man, it just starts, it's feeling like, not old times, but it feels like a new old time, if that mm-hmm, makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it, it's really, I think it speaks to the longevity of what West Memphis Christian is, 53 years, um, a lot of newness this year, but, man, it just feels good. You know, it feels like God's in control. He's doing some things there. And have you, do you feel like, and I know you think God and believe it that God has put you where it is, but has he reinforced that for you throughout this year? Yes, um, absolutely. And, you know, I, I guess this is my opportunity to, I guess, step up to the soapbox just for a second and say, you know, we're back here to support the school. Yes, basketball has been awesome, and I think basketball is a platform that can really push the, the Christ agenda. We're pushing an agenda. Let's 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 make it clear first of all that we're a Christian school that is teaching Christian values, um, and we want to put Christians into the world to make an impact. Um, and so that's why I'm here ultimately. Um, now, when we talk about um, the future, that means there's a high expectation for this kind of excellence to continue and to not be um, complacent. That hey, the team won a championship and. That's where we are. No, this is just part of the the puzzle. You know, athletics is a piece. The the academics uh, is another piece. The the impact that we have uh, across um, uh, 
some of our what is it, the knowledge bowl and right. um spelling bee we've had some excellence going on this year for sure right but we have to capitalize on that for our community right it's one thing for all of us to kind of be back like what you were just talking about it's awesome to to go up there and see somebody that i just graduated with be on the board and have children there and i'm even coaching them that's great but now how do we translate that into our community for people who aren't familiar with West Memphis Christian, have no ties, because it's our mission to spread the gospel to everybody else, too. And so um, I'm looking forward to just kind of springboarding all of this, I guess you would say, success into continuing to grow the school, continuing to grow the programs, continuing to grow um, the commitment to excellence across the board. Last week when we were at Embassy Suites, and I'm I'm looking at that hotel because we're right next to it now, but... You walked in on a Friday night, I think it was after our game, and uh, you talked to the boys for a second, and then you said a prayer with them, you know, like we always do, send them to their room, you know, take their phone at some point. I remember the uh, one of the ladies up front, she's like, when he started praying, I looked at my coworker, and I was like, well, we got to pray too. You know, and, and, and I, that didn't fall on deaf ears when I heard that. That that was like God seeing his his are are you seeing God's opportunity to expand things? It's, that's not a Daniel Bandy thing. That's not a, a that's just God working and how He's using it, you know. And today, when you know we're set up and and a lot of the people are looking at the kids, are like, man, they're so well behaved, and you know who who are they? And we we're explaining who they are. People don't realize that this process is yes for you. We want to win. But this process is about young men growing into men. What does basketball do for you to teach them that? It's a good question. I think ultimately it's just a vehicle. You know, basketball is a vehicle. Naturally speaking, um, basketball is is one of America's favorite pastimes. You know, we love the game of basketball. You turn it on ESPN right now, they're going to be talking about something basketball-related. Um, what's going on in the world of basketball, what, a, what basketball athlete is making an impact in some other area, what, what are they donating to, what, you know, you've got these basketball athletes that are creating schools and things of this nature. So the impact of an athlete can't be denied. We, we know where athletics lies in our nation and in our world. But from the Christian standpoint, we always want to use what God allows for a greater message. Yes, basketball is one of those things that's going to put that put people's eyes on you. But then when their eyes get on you, what are you saying? Right? And we want to be the ones pointing directly to Jesus Christ. Um, and so taking these opportunities to reinforce that to the boys is the main mission because they're still boys. They still just love basketball. Yes, I grew up in a Christian home, but there were times where the only thing on my mind was hooping. Right. But if it weren't for those coaches and teachers and parents that were still pushing the Jesus agenda, um, then I would probably have fallen into the the gap of just thinking basketball was everything. Um, And so we don't want that. We want to make sure that we're using it as a vehicle to 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 push the message, the love, the life of Jesus Christ, because ultimately, just like our Devo was this morning. And this is going to be a little bit deep for the listeners, but uh, it was we all got to go. We all got to go, you know, and that means at some point we'll be judged according to the deeds that we've done in this life. 
And ultimately, we don't want that to be cast to the side. Like our life has to resemble um, preparation for eternity. And that's what it's all about. And even speaking as, you know, you're talking about the, the uh, situation last week at the embassy. And we, we didn't go into the lobby and pray as the Bible says, for like the publicans, for people. Right, to look no, that at was us. that's just what but we it's do. just what we do. But like today, I asked because there were so many other people here. I asked if we could go into a meeting room, because it's not about other people just watching. It's really about the impact for the boys, and then them making the impact wherever they go, in their homes, at school, amongst their peers. Everybody's got such different, um, you know, lives. And so we want the same message to be preached in all of those areas. So that's what it's all about. This year, um, nothing, nothing short of, of fun, nothing short of spectacular, nothing short of growing. But I want to thank you from, from Black Knight's side and obviously from a parent's side of, of thank you for investing back in these young men and doing what you've done. Um, but also thank you for taking that call from Christ when he was speaking to your heart about, you know, coming back to your alma mater. Obviously, you know, God's timing is perfect and, and we're just listening. Um, but I want to, I want to thank you for that. And that it means a lot to us. It means a lot to the school. And, uh, I know bigger things are coming, you know, for all of us. And it's not about basketball. It's about, you know, growing these young men. And we appreciate that. Is there anything in closing you want to throw out to the people or just to thank you for everything throughout the year? And- Man, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be a, I've always been glad to be a black knight. Um, you know, there was some, some, some shakiness throughout the years with just different administration and things of that nature. Things happen. But the one thing that I've always been consistent on is my love for West Memphis Christian. Um, I'm, I'm just so blessed to have been able to be a black knight. And it's awesome to be back. At the same time, I want others to really support, support the mission, support the work. Um, see how you can can come in and help in, in whatever capacity, um, even internally. I'm speaking to the men right now and the teachers, let's continue to push for excellence, continue to push to glorify God. This is not the normal run-of-the-mill school. This is a Jesus-centered place, and we want this to stay that way, and we want everybody to be walking by the same rule, speaking the same thing as the Scripture says. Um, and that's just, you know, I guess, my two cents to everyone. But I'm, you know, just thankful to be here, uh, thankful for the opportunities, thankful even for the support uh, from, from you, Dale, and your family and others who have poured back into this program, to these kids, all of this stuff. Like even setting up this podcast here in the, in the lobby is really cool. You got people walking by here looking and smiling and they hear what we're talking about. And right. I think that in itself is a, is a ministry of some sort. Um, so I just appreciate all of it, man. Black Knight Network is awesome. The school is awesome. We got nothing but greater to come. Big game today, Rossville Academy. Know about them a little bit. I mean, we've uh, you know, there's history there with Rossville. It's kind of funny we got to drive four hours to play somebody 45 minutes away, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. but it nonetheless, you know, there's a lot of teams that uh, that you know they're, they're satisfied with a, a state championship. Are we and are your boys satisfied? Right now, no. As long as we have an opportunity, the boys want to win, and so do I. You know, I think the one the one unique thing about the MAIS that I can really appreciate is the fact that they do do this overall tournament. You look at all these other states and schools that uh, you know you have a classical class of tournament, state tournament, but then you never have an opportunity to see 
in that state who's the best of the best. It's got a Hoosiers right? feel like the Hoosiers movie feel to right, it. Right, right. And so this is really cool because, yes, we've, we've got a state championship, and we can be proud and hype about that. We're going to get rings and banners and celebrate and all of that. But now it's like, okay, we're, we were in Class 2A. Where do we stack up against Class 3A, 4A, 5A, 6A? Um, and I think it's just cool to, to kind of be able to compete across the board, and the boys do too. They don't see any difference in the classes. They just know we out here to well, hoop. They've, pl- they've played 5A teams, 4A teams, 3A teams, played, you know, uh, Hazelwood in, at Vashon. I mean, you know, North Point, huge teams. And, I mean, you know, so they haven't backed down not once. You know, they don't – when they go out there, they're, they, they're ballers. They just want to play. You know, they want to go out there and, and make their mark. Absolutely. And, um, you know, that's the best thing about this team. I think ultimately that's what won us a state championship was the fact that we don't care who out there. You know, we don't really even scout too much because it's never about the other team. If we do what we do, which is be tough, rebound, play our style, execute, we're going to be fine if, if we play the, the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and that's truly how they feel. That's truly how I feel. And so today, I mean, Rossville's a good team. Very athletic, um, and it's going to be a classic battle, classic battle. Um, but I think we have a very good chance, if we do what we do, to come out on top. Yep, sounds like a plan. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you uh, for the time today. And I know that uh, we got a lot going on right now, but it's nice to be part of the Black Knight family for sure right now. It's Absolutely. nice to be in, in Jackson, Mississippi, <laughs> and, and just chilling out and enjoying this time and uh, keep this ball rolling, Coach. Go Knights. Hey, thank you again. Black Knight Network is out. I will live a thousand.